Okay. <laughs> We're back <laughs> with the second uh, attempt at Kingdom Conversations. On uh, tonight, it's again supernatural and prophetic encounters from, with the Word of God. So if you're joining us for the second time, thanks for hanging in there. Prayerfully, you are able to hear us. If not, we're simply having to do a CD recording of tonight, and we will uh, take it from there. So we have prayed, and Father, we do praise you, and we thank you that regardless uh, of anything else, you, you are going to be heard. <laughs> so I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. All right, again, I'm going to go back over this one more time. This is the book by Apostle Calvin Cook. He is a local apostle here and one of Dr. Baker's uh, counterparts and friends, and, and he's just a blessing to this ministry. So this is his newest book. It's called Rios, the Full-Grown Son, and he has on the back of it that it's called The Pattern Son. So what I want to do is I'm going to go ahead and read it on the back, and I'm recommending the book highly. He says, first I wanted to reveal in detail the pattern of growth and development for the sons of God within the kingdom of God here in earth. The church is the instrument in which God has chosen to extend his kingdom here in the earth. Knowing that, I believe I have created a pattern from the word of God, and in some cases, the book could be used to determine if the church is building from an accurate model or pattern. The pattern of sonship in today's church has been lost or in some instances completely overlooked, violated, or changed. Many men have turned to their ways, to their own styles, and some have turned to branding and other ways of building that are outside the pattern of biblical sonship and proper kingdom building. My true burden was birthed from knowing that many are looking for something that will not follow the wrong patterns. The thing they are looking for is in the Son, in the Christ. Those sought for expectations cannot manifest in disorder and man-made systems and structures that don't look anything like the true picture, and don't come close to the true pattern. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say it to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. But what things whatsoever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. John 5, 19. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6, 10, and that's Apostle Calvin Cook, Jr., so there's the back of the book. And so again, it's currently available on Amazon.com, and uh, it is Apostle Calvin Cook Jr., and it's the only book you're going to see that looks like this, all right? So I wanted to recommend that and congratulate him as well for this. This is it's an awesome book, and I, from what I hear, and Dr. Baker announced last night, he is writing his, the next one, and so I'm sure that's also going to be amazing, so. I feel like a talk show host. Oh, I am talking to us. Okay. <laughs> well, good. All right. I have all these little drawers and cabinets and things to put through. All right. The next thing that I want to cover is really for the people that are part of Astounding Love and, and More Than Enough Ministries. But for those of you that happen to be in the area in the month of December, this might pertain to you as well. And that is the fact that we, Dr. Baker has some dates that she received from her apostle, Dr. Jones, with regard to him coming out to do her the installation um, as apostle of the house, which is uh, something that they, they do with the Presbyterian laying on a, of hands and, and things of that sort. Now the reason that I'm bringing this up because it would be the weekend of it's the weekend after her birthday celebration, and that's December the 10th uh, through the um, what is that December 10th through the fourth or the 13th. So 11 through 13. 11 through, yeah, okay, so 11 through the 13th. 
And the reason that I'm bringing it up is for you to note it on your calendars. And for those that are on the different teams of the ministry, for the house itself to, to pray and to see, uh, because it would be work for us. And it is good work, but work for us. And so that individuals could plan accordingly, family members, or I don't know what all things people have in mind. So there's no discussion here tonight about it. It is known, I'm sure, through the various committee heads or, or the news is, is very new. It's just a few hours old. And so everyone might not have had a chance to hear about it yet. But this is to put it out there, to look at your calendar, to look at all the other things that, that are going on in our ministry calendar and for the time of prayer and also to respond when Dr. Baker asked the question, which will, I think, be relatively soon. So that's just, again, December 11th through the 13th is when we're looking at the installation of the Apostle of the House uh, with the laying on of hands and uh, all those things being conferred or agreed to. Okay, so that's that information. Crystal, did I leave anything out on that one? Okay, uh, one other thing I want to tell you, and this is important as well, because most of you that are on our 5 a.m. calls who have a kingdom business, which is defined as a business where you want to grow, where it belongs to, entirely to God, and you're not the only employee. Uh, so <laughs> if you have such a business that fits that, just that initial framework, then you'd be interested in what's happening in our 5 a.m. prayers, that there is a um, petition and some other things that are going on in the courts of heaven. And that right now, if you have not listened to the 5 a.m. call, you need to hear this morning's call. If you're a part of this ministry, Crystal definitely sent it out to you. And we're ensuring that everyone has listened to it or listened to it again if that's what you need to do. We are at this point in a season of repentance or confession of sins or getting rid of uh, whatever it is that would be a hindrance to the full finances and the things that have been spoken. And I'm gonna go over some of that with the new breed of Christian uh, that um, was given to Dr. Baker quite a while ago, like back in 1990. And so we're gonna look at that just a, a bit. That's kind of the conversation that I believe was part of the conversation we're gonna to have today. So what it looks like is that we're actually gonna to go to court on Friday morning. Uh, this is giving you time to repent and also Crystal is going to be sending out an email that is in line with uh, uh, something that Natasha Adams received. And so it just explains about the fact that we are on, we are in the trade zone and that there is a trade that can be made. Um, it's a specific amount. And so all of that information will come out. I would say uh, she's still formulating the email. She didn't get this information until about an hour ago. So this email will come out to you, I believe sometime tonight, but it will be before Crystal, uh, not too late so that Crystal can make sure that she's awake and on the 5 a.m. call tomorrow. <laughs> if you listen to the call, I'm not busting her. We're, she said she got, I called her, her mother called her, uh, Angela called her, people were calling her, yeah, come on, Crystal, wake up. She just worked late trying to get her report ready and fell asleep getting her uh, report ready. So um, no need to beat her up and we, we are in agreement. Don't beat yourself up over it. It's like, oops, Lord, that was not the way. And I have learned, because I've slept through many a prayer call of myself, Holy Spirit, please help me not to blow it by going to sleep or oversleeping or totally zoning out or anything else I do because there have been prayer calls where I was called upon and everybody said the silence was deafening. So 
having been on both sides, I give you much grace, Sister Crystal. Okay, we've all many of us have been there, and we don't want to be there again. So, anyway, those are the housekeeping things that that uh, you'll be getting some communiques is what I'm telling you. And so this these are the this is the basic information. Hot off the press, just got it all earlier today, and now we're going to go into some other things. I am going to address one more thing, which was from Sunday. We had a time of prayer, and I had had hands laid on me, and I was told, you're going to pray apostolically. I said, okay. Don't know what that means. Don't ask me how to define it, because I couldn't have done it. But what was interesting is that this is something that the Lord has been saying, has said to me, I believe it was the night Dr. Baker did her program, and I was told I was going to pray differently, and trust me, from that time forward, I have definitely, there's, there's, there's a difference in the communication with heaven. But people were asking what happened on Sunday, and I thought, well, even at the time I was praying, I heard that question. But I could not take, I could have said, I hear you asking what is going on, but I don't have time to answer you right now. But I didn't want to move from what was happening even to address something like that. Now, what was awesome about that is something that we do know, but you and your thoughts can be heard in the spirit. So I pray it's happy, because if it's stinky, it is definitely, it, you can hear it. All of that stuff, there's an awareness. Just like I was saying earlier before we had to restart, even when you're praying, you're aware of all of this other stuff, the activity, the, the voices are amplified. And so you know what's going on, and you... Sometimes as a speaker, I, I work to stay, to ignore, not to be distracted, not to address every single thing, not to, uh, you know, to do certain types of things uh, because I don't want to get off the track. Now, it helps for me that because I work both sides, I work the technical side of it as well as being on this side of it, that I do have a bit of compassion for <laughs> For, for what people are doing, but I also have a different kind of intolerance of certain things that I know can be done. And so you find the balance in between those, and that's kind of what we ha what happens when you make transition, is that you also take your hands off of, of things that you know how to fix, but it's not your place to fix it. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna hear from you, but it's not your place to fix it. And as long as I try to hover over everything, I will not accomplish what I'm called to accomplish. And that was the same type of thing in prayer, staying focused on what the Holy Spirit gave me to do. Because I, as I said, I heard the question and I even had a response. But one of the things I've learned is when you're gonna pray by the Spirit, you're gonna say what he wants to say. And even if you know other things to say, you're not going to say it. Because gee, this is what, what we just read, I do, what I see the Father do. Even when I'm thinking, it doesn't mean you don't think of other things to do, but I'm not going to do the other things I'm thinking about. I have all kinds of stuff I could say, but I'm not going to say it because it's not what the Father wants to say. And so I'm not going to release that. It's there, but it's not to be released because it's not the direction he's going. And every time we allow ourselves to get distracted, we miss the big thing, the thing that we were supposed to be doing, we come over here and all the attention is diverted and we miss an opportunity. And I didn't want to do that.
Now the other thing is that it, what it is, I, I'm going to try to explain to you something that happened to me. As I'm, you pray, you begin to get a very tunnel focus. You're aware of all of the, the atmosphere, but you trust your partners, whether it's other intercessors or it's the angel activity that is going on, but whatever else is going on, you trust your partners to do the part that they are supposed to do. And you don't concern yourself with it. This is, um, you know, people, oh, well, what's that? Or, oh, you trust your partners to handle their assignment, and you stick to your assignment. I've, I've been known for using an expression for many years, stay in your own lane. And this is very, very true. Because if you were running a race with a bunch of teammates, and you're running a race where specific lanes are assigned, there's, there's distance runners, they start off in a certain lane, and they end in a certain lane, but there's a part where they all just run in a pack. And so you'll just see them all kind of converge together. And so there's just a whole group of distance runners all, all together. But you don't see that for, for sprinters. They stay in their lane and they never get out of it. If they do come across out of their lane, they're disqualified. If every team member got out of their lane, the whole team is disqualified. And so when you're working in something that is a spirit work, it's very important that we get our assignment, receive, receive our assignment, and then follow it. In the direct, even if you don't understand it. I did not have understanding of everything that was done, but it started to move so fast that I just stayed with it. So what did I see? One of the things that happened, I was given a specific. We're praying for this apostle. We're praying uh, concerning some things that are going on in his physical body. There was somebody else that was connected to that as well. And we are to end the thing. This was what, we, what the assignment was. You go after this thing and you grab hold of it and you bring an end to it. That was my basic assignment. Whether you all heard that or not, those were the instructions that I was given. And so my mind, didn't, I didn't give it time to formulate, fully formulate thoughts because once I got it established, I have no idea how to do what you're talking about. Then I was fine. It was like, well, great. Since I have no idea how to do it, this is all faith. You with me? Wasting time being concerned about yourself in a time when you've been given a kingdom assignment will hinder the assignment from being complete. I don't know how to do it. Nobody's ever, I don't fully understand. Um, I'm not sure, what if this? What if all of the things that go on in the minds of people are irrelevant to the assignment. God is not stupid. And when he gives you a task to do, he is well aware of what we can and cannot do. But the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ, not independent of Christ. So my ignorance or my inability does not matter. Are you catching this? It doesn't matter. I've never done this before doesn't matter. What matters is that we show up and say, sir, yes, sir, and you go for it. So as we started, I had just one, what I've learned is this, when I say yes, then there's one little step that'll come, or a thought, or something. And so I knew by him, worship. Start with that. And start with, and, and follow me there. And so then it was simply like, um, some, those of you that are old enough to remember 
television programs where they would do sing-alongs at the end and they say, follow the bouncing ball. And so the lyrics of the song would come up and the ball would bounce over the words as you were supposed to. And so there you are sitting in your living room, <laughs> singing along with Mitch or Lawrence Welk, or uh, I, I don't think they did it on Hee Haw, maybe they did. And I don't, uh, you know, they, they show these things on those cable channels now too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you could sing along with whatever the TV show was. And there was one in particular, I don't recall which one it was, follow the bouncing ball. And so you sang along with it. And so that's what happened to me in the spirit. It wasn't a bouncing ball, and it was, it was more like a ribbon, a golden ribbon that was just going in the direction. And so when it leaned, I did. When it went this way, I did. When it went up like I, I did. When it went down, I did. And everything I uttered was just in connection to the ribbon. I changed tongues several times. I went from uh, whatever the tongues were that I was speaking, I went into an angelic kind of thing that uh, um, it was, I, I know when that kind of switch is made. And all the time it was pursuing this, this lead that was just going deeper and deeper. And I could see when things started to open and things started to spiral. And I saw the, the goal, which I told Dr. Baker was a, it looked like a black stamp, just a, a like, you know, like a postage stamp. It was shaped like that. And it was black and it was in the brain. And I knew it was in the brain but it, I didn't have anything to say about it. And so all of those prayers and the different tongues, sometimes what you do is you switch off real quick because it confuses the enemy. It's no different than when you do certain kinds of exercise and you do, um, there's muscle memory and then there's confusion. You confuse so that your body doesn't get in a rut to say, oh, I already know what you're gonna do. And so it's built up a resistance to it. So you bring out a, a certain kind of mix or they call it confusion, but what it is, is it's just something that says, don't take it for granted that you know where I'm going. You're gonna to have to follow me and because you don't know where I'm taking you, you see. And so um, that's what happened. And all of that was happening in tongues and all of that was happening with singing or worship. And I remember stopping and saying, here's your instruction. What your instruction was, I don't actually recall, but I remember there was a moment where I stopped and said, here's your instruction, here's what I want you to do. Did I say something like that? You weren't listening to me. No, <laughs> I did say something like that. I did. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was it, but I don't recall what I said, you see. So it was, it, it's just that moment, that's what I'm saying, it's like that. But here's what I was battling. I don't know what she's doing. This isn't making any sense. I don't know how to do this. There's nothing really to follow. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and pray. Does it really take all that? Those are the things that come at you. And so you can't focus on that. You see, all the time you, you're looking for the, the few that are going to clamp on for the unity. And you've got all these other voices in the spirit, even when they don't mean to. But the habit is, I don't know about you, but I will say this. When I've been around certain things spiritually and I didn't get it, I got annoyed. Well, this is stupid. Or, you know, I didn't know you could hear what I was thinking back then. So I would say things it's like, I don't get it. I'm not following this. God, I must not be saved. I am totally out of the, uh, out of the, out of the, the whole kind of, you know, something. 
And all, but all of this, when, why is unity so important? Because if we are not all on target, when I, I said something, I think, to the lines, and Frederick is sending me a few things I'm gonna read, but when, when, you, when you're doing something like that, it's like you have to make a determination within yourself. I may, not, I may not understand what's going on, but I know it's God. Now there are those that go, well, I don't know that it was God. Okay. And so this is kind of the, the thing that it's like, then you're gonna have to decide, or maybe it's time you learn, you see? Because all of this, this is spiritual activity. This is, this is the, how do you say that? This is, this is not the level of the cute little prayer times. This is not the level of everybody getting to speak all the stuff that they felt and, and on, on a personal, well, I was personally feeling this way about it. This is not the time when your prayer requests are gonna to come to the forefront so that we can waste the prayer time interceding or praying for all these people that brought the stuff in with them that they did not handle at the door. It's different because it's the, it's, these are life or death scenarios and they're very real and even when we don't understand it it doesn't mean that it's not something real you get it it's like um i'm not i can pander to you or i can deal with this thing that will save somebody's life and i'm going to choose them because that's the focus god has and so it's it's a tougher uh, kind of attitude. I was telling Crystal, I'm going to wear pink today so I look soft. <laughs> you know, because I'm going to say things that are a little tough. So I want to look very soft and approachable and, and sweet and kind, you know? Even all the time that I'm kind of like, and and you know, we're pounding on Sophie. And, um, you know, things of that sort. So that's really a lot of what was going on with me in that time. Now, here's the other part. When you go out there like that, you have stepped out of, you have completely stepped out of, of what you know. You have stepped into a realm where you belong, but you typically are not there. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Oh, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked. What I mean by that is that we spend so much time in the flesh, we have missed many times when we were supposed to be in the spirit. And because we haven't shown up for many of our spiritual assignments, we don't know what to do in, in scenarios where we should actually know. And so coming back is very different. It's like, okay, we just did all that and I'm going to preach, really? Well, I have no idea what. I couldn't have told you two scriptures because I didn't, I, there is a moment when you're transitioning, just kind of just going, okay, I'm settling back in the body with, that I live in while I'm on the earth, the, the, my earth house, and I have to settle back into it, but my mind is like, whoa, that's what it's like to, to, to connect with the spirit? This is really cool. I've never experienced it like this. This is what your mind is doing. Your will and your emotions are like, ooh, I didn't know you could take us on places like that. And your body in the meantime is going, I will not tremble, I will not fall, I will not. So there's a, there's a, remember I was talking about turning the boat and I was pre uh, 
pulling from something I've heard Brother Jerry Savelle preach, when you turn the boat going against the, you're going against the normal downflow of the stream and you're turning it around, that you cattywampus because you're like, uh, you know, you're, you've got waves hitting you that are, you know, the current's coming this way, but you're trying to turn to go the opposite direction. And so you're getting hit, you know, because it's, it's, it's like this. And so that's the kind of transition it can be to come back in. And what do you get the first moment when you come back to earth? The people don't understand what you're doing. Can you please help them? <coughs> and that's a very natural question when you've been in a supernatural place. First thing you get met with, always, I'm telling you. So write it down. The first thing you get met with is natural. <laughs> when you when you come back, are you are you understanding? What, and please ask your questions. And I I don't know if Frederick sent you the same emails or text messages. Okay. Um, so if you have a question, this is a great time to go ahead and pose it before I go on to the next thing. Alrighty then. I have a lot of text messages. Let me just start with these. Okay, he says that he does recall me, I, if I'm correct on this, he does recall when I stopped and said, okay, this is what I want you to do. So I, I really did ask that question. Again, I can't tell you what the question was, but I know that I said it because I had to take that moment to deal with certain things in the spirit because there was so much of that, I'm lost, I don't know what to do, and you, you, what you have is pride on different levels. Um, you have people that are, uh, they don't want to admit that they don't want to know, or they don't know, or they get upset with you because they don't know, or they get upset with God because you get caught off guard. Remember I told you I've been there. So it's, it's not an accusation, it's simply some of the things that take place in the spirit realm because in that moment, even though we are living in a flesh and blood body, when we go into prayer, we are spirit. This is spirit conversation. We can't deal with any, any sickness, disease, or, or turmoil, or any other thing from, the natural, from a natural place of prayer. We have to be coming from the position in the heavenlies. We have to be coming from a place of victory. We have to be coming from our seat. And we also have to understand we are connecting by the spirit, doing spirit words, speaking, uh, addressing other spirits. Even if it's, you know, they call it it's a natural disease of the body, there is always, always some kind of spiritual implication somewhere because, here's why, because somewhere down the line, somebody was speaking words and words are spirit. And so they were saying either, I thought I was healed, but I guess I'm not. And many people die because their faith never lands. They only have faith when things go well. They believe God when there are manifestations of God. That that's not the time that faith really kicks in. It's when the things are going contrary to what you have stated and what you stand for. And every opposition, for instance, we pray for a city and we speak 
commanding decrees or whatever, and the next thing you hear about is an explosion or a shooting or this or that. And so it feels like, well, my prayers are not being answered. It's like, that's not true. That's not true. What you and I do is we have to go back to the Spirit of God and find out from Him what happened. Did I miss that? What was this about? Because so, sometimes what you're going to hear is that there were words that were spoken that the adversary and his were waiting for the opportunity to get somebody to say something. The, for instance, you pray for somebody. I pray that you're well and that this, that, and the other. I go, yeah, that's fine, but probably when I go out, such and such is going to kill me. Yeah. And you can't nullify their words. I hear people, stop saying that. Stop saying It's like you, you're trying to tell them to stop saying it. Why don't you ask them, why, don't you why do you believe that? Why do you say things like that? Instead of trying to correct their grammar. You see, because it locates where your faith level is or is not. That's not an excuse. Sometimes it's that way. I don't know when it's that way. And so my job is not to quit speaking just because the circumstances do not line up with what I said. No, that's my time to keep pressing and to reminding the things in the spirit realm. This is the way this is going to be. You haven't learned yet that this is the authority of God speaking because the first few times you say it, they don't know who you are. But so well, I'm going to make this very plain and there will be backup on this and I'm not the one that's going to show up to bring this word to pass. But I am going to move out of the way. I'm going to keep speaking things that require the angelic that require the forces of heaven, that require the word of God to manifest itself and to bring itself to pass. You understand? And so sometimes we, we think we have faith and we don't, or we're prideful and we don't want to admit this is a learning place for me. And the posture or the positioning of your mind is, whoa, this is different. What do you want me to do, Holy Spirit? What we do instead sometimes is draw back and say, well, I, I'm not comfortable. Who cares besides you? Because in that moment, do you know what you did? Anybody? You have an idea? Say that again? You disobeyed, she said. There's something more to it than that. You took the focus off of what God wanted to do to try to put it on yourself. And you missed your opportunity to be more of who you actually are instead of what you're used to being. I'm speaking as a veteran, <laughs> one that has done it so often, and you know, it, 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 it's, I can't count the times. I'm, we're talking years. I've been in meetings and things where everybody's laughing or rejoicing, and I'm like, I missed it. I didn't get any of that. I don't think anything's funny. I don't know why they're happy. I don't know why everybody's weeping. I got nothing to cry about. I feel very left out. I must not be saved today. <laughs> no, that's happened in every church I've been in for years, including this one. I've watched people go through stuff, and I'm thinking, well, this is interesting. God, I don't get it. You know? And that is a refusal to engage. <coughs> Because I can tack something onto that. I don't get it yet. 
but I'm going for it. Let me in too. I want to come in too. I want a part of this too. You can change it, is what I'm telling you. All right? And so we're going to pray like that more. And I'm telling you now, you know, the, oh, I've seen things like this before. It's like, stop lying. You see, you may have whatever, whatever. I, this ministry did this. This ministry did that. That doesn't have anything to do with what God is doing here. Nothing. There are no comparisons. You see, sometimes it's like, well, I thought I had something or this. Or, I mean, it, it's all kind. And, and, and I have to tell you this part, too, because this is very important. Those thoughts are not always you. They're just looking for an opportunity to get with you. It's not your actual thought. It's a moment when you realize maybe you're not connecting, but this thought comes that says, I want to become one with you. I want you to take me on as your attitude. I want you to take me on as the way that you're thinking right now. Do you see? And it's not. It's simply something looking for an opportunity. Don't give it to me. That's why Dr. Baker has told us many times, that's not my thought. And you'll recognize it because it's outside of you. It's not coming from inside of you. But it wants to. Don't let it. Submit yourself to God, James 4, 7. Resist the devil and he will flee. And I speak from the experience of having to do that very, very often. Any given Sunday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, Saturday, Friday. Got it? January, December, September, all the time. All right. Uh, the other thing Fred, Frederick said was that it was a moment of identification when I was saying what was said. That we found, I found, we found the target and spoke to it. That it was a thought, and it was a thought. It was that thought of I thought I was healed, but I guess I'm not, because you because you received the manifestation of something but then you received a, 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 a symptom of something else. And as soon as we open our mouth and say, I thought God had, but I guess he didn't, then you just nullified what, what is for you and you took on what is not for you. I thought God did, but that's doubt and unbelief that is looking for a way back in. And those types of words lead to a depression, a feeling of depression, a feeling of sad. Well, I thought that the Lord had answered me, but I guess he didn't. Yeah? Yeah. I thought my financial breakthrough had come, but I thought, see, it's all, but, but do you hear the power of your words? I thought and then I stopped thinking that way I was thinking I am healed I was thinking along with the mind of Christ but then I saw something else that the adversary that the devil had done and I completely forgot about what to, what to think and I went with what I saw which I allowed to change what I believe or say I believe. 
That's how it happens. So it's, it's little things like that. It's we spoken in Loudoun and, and as he said, then all of the other things happened and, and, and Dr. Baker and Michelle, Michelle saw something and then when Dr. Baker anointed me and gave me a shiny forehead, I actually saw that thing starting to unravel and I saw this thing was different from that other cord unraveling from me like it was something that had been given to me for as in proxy and then it started to unravel to go find where it belonged because then when it belonged there I'm still holding to the belief as well as but it will begin to build in that person because we're releasing onto the other side the thing that belongs to you. Am I making sense? It's like we have two pieces of string and one, it started out as a ball of string and, and it started sending one part of the string to another person. And so as they're pulling on it, then more and more of this ball of string is going to them. And the more they pull, the more of the string they have and the less of it I have. And so they have all of it except for the length that is still with me. So what happened? We transferred the power or the anointing or the manifestation from the one that was holding it to the one that it was being sent to. That's what was happening. Do you have a question? Or somebody have a question? Okay. I did. All right, well, come with it, please. Well, something that you said just a moment ago, you were talking about when we changed our confession. When we changed our confession, you were saying that, you know, uh, the thing that happened to us, like you said, when I thought I was healed, I thought God had healed me, or I thought I had, you know, my financial situation had changed. So then that's a, um, you know, I want to say if, if we do that, it means that we never believed it in the first place. I don't know if you never believed it in the first place or you never planted it. Never planted it? You didn't establish it. Okay. All right. Well, maybe that's what I meant to say. Because there has to be something, you know, because, you know, we all have things happen, attack. But they are, because something happened to me last Sunday, and someone told me, that's just an attack on your body. And I knew that because I had no reason to be sneezing and coughing because I wasn't sick. So I just, I, I, I had already said I'm healed. No matter how much my nose run, how much I sneeze, it's, you know, it's just, it shouldn't be happening. So I knew I was healed. And that's just a one-time thing. This happened like, you know, Sunday and then Monday was gone. So, and, and with other things, you know, that come to us many times, you know, you get this pain in your back, you know, and, and like, well, that must be, or you get this other thing happening, that must be, well, no, it's not, I'm healed. Okay, so that's it right there. There's no fight. Mm -hmm. You know, when you stand for something, you're prepared to fight for it. And you're not going to let anybody take it. So when you know that you have something from God, you don't give it up. And now what I feel is that many people don't take hold of it. They just go, oh, okay, thank you. And they take it, but they don't take hold of it. And people will fight you over their faith. And I'm like, I'm not interested. And if you, you believe that you got it, then go for it. That's a good attitude. Now, when the devil shows up, bring the same attitude to him. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Because yeah, I don't, yes. I, it's not a, it's a, well, I have faith. 
Well, great. Why are you telling me? I'm not the person that you need to tell. I'm not the person that you need to tell because I'm not trying to take your healing. I'm not the person that you need to tell because I'm not the one trying to get you off your job. If you had that same attitude toward the devil instead of towards flesh and blood, you would be getting somewhere. But when you want to fight flesh and blood, you ain't got what you say you got. So then, we don't, the thing is, the, our confession doesn't change. It doesn't matter what happened, we still going to hold on to your our confession. Your confession becomes your weapon, is what I'm trying to tell okay. you. And see, that's the difference. You said, well, I, the symptoms showed up, and and the natural thought was, well, I must be coming down with, or I'll go back to the, I thought God had. It's like, no. You see, it isn't I thought God had healed me. It's like, God has healed me, and you're going to back off. Yeah, I agree with that. That's see, good. you fight from the victory. You don't try to get the victory again every time. Let me get the victory over this sickness. Let me get the victory over this symptom. Let me get the victory. No, I have it. And you're going to know that. That's the difference. Yeah. And, and, and so it, it's, it's just a very subtle thing. As soon as you hear yourself, I thought God had, stop the world. Because we're going to make an attitude change. We're going to change something. Yeah. Well, it seemed like this. And, and let me tell you something. When you believe that you're trusting God for the behavior of somebody else, you have just taken on uh, something you didn't have need to take on. Yeah. I mean, what do you mean the behavior of somebody else? Uh, your, your unsaved children. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> your, your ungodly co-worker. The person that smokes in front of you, even though they're not supposed to, and looks at you even, your neighbor from across the street that looks like a gangster from a movie, you know, um, whatever it happens to be. And you go, I'm trusting God. I remember Alfred because we had a, the, we, there were several of us in the family that all shared an apartment. And there was a man next door that had a mental condition. And it just happened that his, his bedroom was directly across from Al's bedroom. And so you, the, the, the walls in the, the, those apartments were so thick that you could hear everybody next door thinking. Okay. And this man used to watch a lot of television and he would do this. I hope I don't trigger anything for you. <laughs> and it would absolutely annoy him. Yeah, he was very loud. And like I said, his window was open. It was direct. I mean, you could hear it in the living room. But his voice was coming straight through Al's bedroom, right? But we heard him. Everybody else in the family heard him, you know. And he said, no, this, this, this is bothering me. This man is disturbed. This is this. This is this. And he had to start praying until one day he just kind of said, that's it. And he just had to go against it. But it took him all those years <laughs> to, to a month or however long they lived there to get to the place where it was like, this is the devil. This is, I'm not accepting this yeah. anymore. But most of the time, people go, well, the devil was bothering me, and he told me this, and he said this. It's like, you can, you can quote Satan from, from beginning to end, but you can't finish three scriptures. So you're listening to the wrong voice, which explains why you respond to the wrong voice, yeah. in the wrong voice. Yeah. So it's always when we're taking the a stand against the attack rather than 
submitted to it. But you all, yes, and but you also have to get rid of everything that's connected to it. Like I told you, pride, pride will bite you because, um, or competition. I want to prove to these people I'm just as good as you are. Why? Why? They really don't care. But you do. And here's the thing. I'm not saying just throw away what you care about. I'm saying cast it upon the Holy Spirit. Thank and you. then take what he cares about. And that's going to change your situation. Thank you. You're welcome. Because I don't want anybody to feel belittled. You understand? When we, when we say things like, well, why would you want to think that? Or why? It is not against you. It's actually looking, taking the thought or the attitude or whatever it is and separating you from it. And saying, look at that. Why would you want to be associated with that? Because it's actually not you. It felt like it was you. Because it was expressing itself through you. But it wasn't you. It was never you. Because you're of God. And the greater one lives in you. You see? I have another question. What, what you're explaining, that's a constant. What you're explaining is a constant fight. Because, um, I mean, it may come different ways, but it's definitely... I mean, even in little things, like today, missing the call. Oh my God, blah, 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 blah. But I had, to, that is not me. That is not my thought. And so I had to really uh, fight, fight against that this morning. And then start laughing because um, <laughs> it just became funny because then I, I could see what it was. Mm -hmm. I could see it and I was like, oh no. Yeah. Take God seriously. Don't take you seriously. Yeah. What do you mean by that? I'm glad I asked that. <laughs> well, let's look at this word here. Let's just look at a little bit of this. And I, I think that this will kind of address it. And most of us have this because it's, it's right when you walk in the front door of the sanctuary, there's this card that on the front of it, it has that word from 1996 to 2002, but on the back of it has the new breed, okay? And so when you look at it, if you don't have it, next time you go in the sanctuary, get one, all right? Don't go get it now, but next time you're in the sanctuary. But I, last time when Dr. Baker was reading this, it kind of caught something, and I think this will touch on what you're saying to Crystal, or what I was saying, don't take, your, take God seriously, don't take you seriously. All right, between 1991 and 1993, God is bringing forth men and women in business who will break the back of the enemy, Satan, by breaking forth in the financial arena throughout the world, showing believers in Jesus Christ how to be the lender and not the borrower, investing money in places that God shows them. Now, this thing about investing, I was telling Crystal about that today. You see, the world says invest means I'm going to put something in you and then you're going to give me a return. If I invest in your business, you're going to give me a return. But that's not what it means in the kingdom. You see, in the kingdom, God is saying, I want, I'm going to put money in your hands, and I want you to put it in their pocket, or I want you to put it in their account. And the reason I want you to do that 
You know, it's like, why couldn't God just give it to them direct? Well, he did, but he also wants to prosper you. So I don't need to invest in your business and wait for you to give me a return. Because God wants to give me the return, which is why he gave me the seed to give to you. People that have given, they, I've heard more than one person say God told them to pay off their house or pay off their car or pay off a piece of land or whatever it was and restore it and then give it away. Now, when they gave it away, that was an investment, a kingdom investment. They were not investing in that person per se, even though they were, but it was God investing in the person. They were the ones that got the opportunity to plant the seed. Why? So that God would give them, the house giver, the car giver, the uh, uh, piece of land, the clothing, whatever it was that he told you, or the money, whatever he told you to give, when you give it without reservation, you have just invested in the kingdom, in wherever, or invested on behalf of the kingdom, wherever the kingdom wants to be invested, because the kingdom of God wants to expand territory. So why would I invest in your business? Because God wants it to be known. He provides seed for the sower and he wants it to be known this is his territory. And so all of the, 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 the reaping that that business will do, the prospering, the increase, the expansion, the elevation, etc., all of that is going to show on it this belongs to God. The glory is his. The expansion comes because of him. Because of him. And the individual that released it is going to receive in the arena, in the, in the kingdom area where they are supposed to develop. But God said, you don't have anything. And so I need to put something in your hand that will enable me to give something to you. So I put this in your hand to tell you to give it away so that now I can increase you too. So the the you do get a return. Yes, you do. And then so does whatever you've invested in. Yes. That, per that person or organization or whatever gets the return. Yes. So that sounds like a better deal. It's a much better deal. It's a much better deal than here, I'm going to give you this and you're going to give me 10% of this and this. I don't want yours. Because then I'm limited. Whereas when God gives the return, there is no limitation. It's just an idea I want to catch how kingdom wealth, how, how kingdom finance works, all right? So here when I read this, that he's bringing forth, this is between 91 and 93. He's bringing forth men and women in business who will break the back of the enemy, Satan, by breaking forth in the financial arena throughout the world, showing believers in Jesus Christ how to be the lender and not the borrower. Investing money in places that God shows them. Now, most people would think, well, I don't really know that that has happened. But to me, what this says is that in that season, there was an anointing that began to be released on people. Now, you might not have seen the manifestation of it yet, but God did what he said. So there are people from that in that season of 91 and 93. I'm one of them, in fact, that got an idea for business that has been more yet to take off the way that you would expect it to, but I got a seed for a business. And in fact, in that season, there were certain things that I got 
And I'm not the only one. People that got ideas, dreams, visions, things that, that we've seen on this side, of this side of the word, okay? Because it's even within that season. Uh, it actually, pre it precedes this. Um, dreams, visions, promises, homes, money, cars, and other modes of transportation, buildings, and property will not be a scarcity for you who are about kingdom business. And he said here before, prior to this, because this was 96, and this happened here between 91 and 93, or it was at this word was released in 1990, that he is bringing forth. So these people have come forth. Now have they manifested in, in the fullness? Not, not in full, no, but it has begun. That there is, there's teaching that started to go forth. There is, you know, you're, you're, the money will talk, but it's the word of God that is going to bring the change. The treasure is not the, 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 the dollars, the cents, the silver, the gold, the diamonds. The treasure is always, always the word of God. It's what he said. Because that is what has the power to bring increase, manifestation, expansion, elevation, whatever it is that you desire. The word of God is what is, 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 the, is, the, is the changer. It's the seed. And it's the key as well. It unlocks things. I mean, it just has so many different aspects to it. He said, God will provide inside tracks on when and where to invest and how to spend in order to break the back of the enemy who has exercised control for so long. That is a today word. That is, like uh, Apostle Henderson wrote this book, Resetting the uh, Economies from the Courts of Heaven. It lines up with this, because I'm just selling everybody a book tonight, but <laughs> <laughs> because, um, because he's talking about the tithe, he's talking about the first fruits, he's talking about the giving, he's talking about the kingdom finance uh, way, the economy of the kingdom of God, can change the economy of the world. But the economy of the world will never uh, bring about the desire of God uh, according to kingdom standards because it's too low. Because as long as you think, oh, well, um, the wealth of the, uh, the whatever is, is held up for this and, and you're not talking to the money. You're waiting for the money to be like those old movie theater things where the hot dog and the and the bun and the soda were all dancing at the uh, intermission on those drive-in movies or the movies, you know. Just come on over here and get in my belly. It's not going to work like that. He's saying, I want to educate you to speak to the economy, speak to the finances, speak to the money, and tell the money what it's to be used for. Money has been misused in the hands of unrighteous people because the ministry or the church people were too stuck up on poverty mentality, which is intentional from the devil's side. As long as I can keep the church in the poverty mentality, we can use wealth, which he didn't even create. God created wealth, which is what we were talking about before, and we'll talk about again in Deuteronomy 8. He says, I gave you the power to create wealth. So all these individuals that are creating wealth were meant to create it for the sake of the kingdom. And so money that is spent on drugs, money that is spent on prostitution, money that is spent on trafficking, money that is spent to promote uh, confusion and to buy uh, terrorist groups and weapons to, to, to destroy people is misused. And it's not 
following its kingdom intended assignment. So if you will speak to it and tell it, I've got a job for you to do. You need to come out of these places. This is how you start to empty those coffers and say, gold, you have to, I, God has set a standard for you that is greater than the one that the, the, that the natural government has. And I'm calling you for it. I call you out of abortion clinics and mur child murder centers. And I call you into the righteousness that you, money is part of since it comes from trees and it comes from dirt and it comes from minerals and it's man made or, or, or it's God made, it's earth. Everything that even man has touched came from something God created. And so here they are taking the trees and doing what? Rolling them up, uh, rolling them up taking the leaves from the trees and rolling it up for you to smoke. And then what does it do? It dictates to you. And so people start killing and robbing and destroying for something that they're supposed to have dominion over. But it has dominion over there. And other folks, little sweet church people sometimes, will just sit there and go, if, if I had it, if I had it, it's like you didn't even plan what you're gonna do. If I ask most people, how much would it cost for you, you know, to get your business up and going? I've asked many people this. Well, you know, I have to think about that. Why do you have to think about it? You should know. Because if you know, you've created a path for the money to come. But if you don't know how much is necessary, why should it come? Why should it come? You see? It's like, it's the wrong, it's, it's, it's the wrong focus and it's intentional you know it's misdirectional to keep us from saying what we're supposed to say I speak to it and I tell it you need to fund this this is the police need to be funded they need to be trained they need to be this and this and money let me tell you something you got stuff to do they say that they're going to defund but I'm telling you the kingdom funds it so since they don't want it money come out of there and come over here the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the just, but the just better call it and give it something to do. It's not money coming here and fill my checking account because I feel a shopping spree coming on. That's not it. And some of it does come for that. But the mass majority of the money, the mass majority of, of all the wealth in the earth, you don't need for your personal life. So you can live high, and I mean well, in whatever kind of great house you want. But when you take all of the wealth that God has stored in the earth, it's more than enough to let you and everybody else live well, but to also go into the places where God wants it to go to do what God wants to do. You with me? So this is part of what I'm reading. When I see this, I'm thinking, wow. Look at the keys here. Okay, he says, I'm gonna, he's going to provide inside tracks, and I just gave you one, on when and where to invest and how to spend, how to spend, how to call it in order to break the back of the enemy who has exercised control for so long. Because the little poor folks you, we've named, you know, the ones that are American wealth? Oh, no. There's a greater wealth. There's greater wealth. It belongs to God. The earth 
has. I mean, even the Middle Eastern potentates and all those that have serious things that, that make people here not even know what lavish is. But there's a higher level than that, and that's the way God lives. You see? And we're going, I just want a little tent, just a little cave, just a little this, just a little that. And then when we do get the little one, we're not happy. And what do you do? You complain and you find fault. I just want to move. I hate it here. I hate this. I hate, I have no space for this. I'm telling you, these are the kind of things that I fight not to say. Because certain things in my life have changed. But I've made a decision, no, you will not trick me into being ungrateful. Am I in the season to change certain things? Yes. But I will not be ungrateful a single day for what God has provided all of a sudden, I don't want it because of circumstances or because this or because you see what I mean? That's where you get tricked. Is that I thought God had said, but I guess I'm just doomed forever or this is this or this is this. It's like, wow, I just think it's interesting the way you speak for demons. But honestly, I don't want to hear it because you're not telling me anything that any of my angels could ever step in and help you with. If they were meant to, yours can't do much either. You know, and there's lots to say on that, but I've only got so much time, so let me do this. Okay, because I wanted to, this is the part right here. God's people will no longer be bruised and broken by the enemy. You see, that's the piece um, to what you were saying, Crystal, and to other things. We've been broken and we've been bruised by the enemy. And because we have been trained in many cases not to cry out to God or not to do this or that. We've tried to handle things ourselves that we are ill-equipped to handle naturally. We've tried to handle supernatural demonic injuries from a natural source. And it's just messed us up more. We've tried to hide things, to pretend, to, uh, to all the things that, that I would just say our apostle will talk about many times that all come under the heading of demonic weaponry or demonic devices. Pride, bitterness, sadness, self-pity. Self-pity is an ugly one. Um, insecurity. None of those things describe Jesus. But unfortunately, or unforgiveness, or um, anger and sinning in it. You know, I, I was telling Crystal, I, I've had all kinds of interesting things to repent about today. And when I say repent, I mean I've had to change my thinking. It was like, wow, I can see where I got upset over this and I've judged people and I, I shouldn't have done that. This was wrong. I'm upset because I don't like what I heard the devil say. But I put, pinned it on the people instead of snatching at that devil so that the people could be free. So oftentimes you will jump to conclusions. I know what they're thinking. No, you don't. I mean, how insulted do you get when somebody says, well, I know what you're thinking, and they tell you something, it's like, I ain't even feeling any of that, let alone thinking it, right? How dare you misjudge me? And then how dare me think that I'm smarter than you, but I know what you're thinking, even though you don't know what I'm thinking. I know what you're feeling. I know exactly what you think about me. You say, well, what about if I told you what you think about me? You don't know what I think about you. 
right? You're like, well, can I interject? I see two hypocrites having a conversation. <laughs> Let's go to the altar. Let's just get rid of this because none of this is God and none of it will move us forward. You see? And so it's, it's this thing, but here he says, my people, his people will no longer. This is a promise. My people will no longer be bruised and broken by the enemy. This is a time of new beginnings. Christians will not be conformed to this world, or you could say kingdom citizens or the ecclesia will not be conformed to this world. So you can see all these scriptures right there, okay, bound by their need. Wow, look at that. All these years of trying to break down Romans 12, and there is the answer right there. Do not be bound to the need, your need, to this world. Do not be bound by your need. Do not be conformed to this world. Bound by your need. But you will be transformed from lack to plenty by following the Spirit's direction. Now that's Deuteronomy 8.18 right there. So can you see how just from the beginning, he's brought forth men and women in business. And that would be in such as some of you, us, who we are the ones to break the back of the enemy by breaking forth in the financial arena throughout the world, which means you can be in whatever kingdom of society you're assigned to. You don't have to be in the business world because it takes finances to, to promote all of it. And so you will excel in your assigned uh, metron or domain place to rule. And you're going to learn, you being a believer, uh, you will learn how to be the lender and not the borrower, which means that you get to get out of debt. It's like, since I get to be the lender and not the borrower, here, let me give you back yours. And I'll never need to borrow from you again. I mean, I tell some of these people that I you know, talk to about my car or whatever it is, it's like, um, I plan to break up with you this year. You won't have reason to call me anymore, ever. And I'm not calling you. We are over. You give me my pink slip, it's like, give me what belongs to me. And I give you what belongs, this is your money, you give me, and give me my pink slip, don't ever call me again. <laughs> and they laugh when I say it. I say, you agree, right? Oh yes, we agree with you, thank you. They've agreed with me. We're, we're, we're breaking up this year, we're done. This car is paying full. You are out of my life. Because money has put you in relationship with folks that you wouldn't fit more. <laughs> if it weren't for the financial obligation, I'd never speak to you again in my life. <laughs> and God says, you're going to be the lender, not the borrower, which means you get to break up with a lot of folks, places, things that you I'll never come back this way. Like I told you how I felt when I got out of high school. I'm never coming back this way. They can't make me come back. I am fit. I think I've landed on that school grounds. It's right here in San Jose. I graduated from high school in San Jose. I think I've been on that campus two times, maybe three, in all the years. Because I was like, when I walked away, I thought, they cannot make me come back here. Never again. I have left the building. <laughs> I ain't coming back here. You know, and a few times I did, it was like, wow, it looks a lot smaller. 
than it did, you know, at that time. But, you know, I came on, I went on business, but they couldn't make me come. I volunteered. I had a friend that worked there. I said, why would you want to work there? You know, <laughs> it was the high school we went to. It's like, what is wrong with you? But, you know, I guess in her book, it was like, they can pay me to come back, but they ain't coming back. I'm not coming back for free. They pay me to be here. It's like, okay, well, they're not paying me, so I won't be here long. I <laughs> just came to get you, and then we're done, right? But, but it's the same thing. Debt. Goodbye, debt. Never again. I, I'm not changing my phone number, but I'm blocking you. Don't you ever call me again, debt. You understand me? We are finished. We have broken up. The end is in sight because money has come to the sides and in my life for the places where it has been assigned. I have cleared the path. I need, there, there needs to be $50,000 to fund this. There's $200,000 to fund this. $12.75 will take care of this right here. Okay? We only need $6 over here. So the $6 showing up, it's like it has begun. It has begun. I got $12.75. Glory be to Jesus. This thing costs $28. It is paid in full. Hallelujah. Do you see what I'm saying? Next thing we get to is $122. Woo! $122 wrote that check. Goodbye. Kiss off. I'm finished with you. Because money has started coming to us. Next thing you know, this one's $500. We'll roll your belly on up here. I'm signing off on you too. Goodbye, little $500. Bye, $5,000. $50,000. You ain't nothing. Don't you know who my God is? And it all starts because you get excited over the, what did I say, $12.75? It was a miracle, Crystal, I tell you. I didn't have it. And all of a sudden, $12.75, I looked in my purse and I found it. Glory be to Jesus. And I'm not making fun of it. I'm telling you, you get excited that I, I, owe, I owe pg and &E. Well, you know what? I pay them in full every month. That's a miracle. That must be God. You've got to be kidding. You pay your utility bills in full before they're due. What? You can do that? You don't have to wait for that three-day turnoff notice? No. You can pay them early. I didn't know. I didn't know. Well, now I'm going to get into this. I don't have to wait. No, honey, you can pay them. This is good news. This is good news. Wow, I didn't know this, right? Some people would be like, is it true? Is it true? Can you do? I did. Did you know there are people that have never had a 48 hour notice? Are you kidding? Do you know that you, that you can get to a place? Let me just talk to you. Did you know you can get to a place in life where you don't even have to make a payment arrangement? You don't even have to make a payment arrangement. When you start, when God is, when God is talking about this new breed of believer, doesn't make payment arrangements, doesn't have 48 hour to seven day hour or whatever kind of notices, doesn't ever get a late thing, doesn't even know the names or the phone numbers of the creditors because everything is paid in full. And I am talking to you because that's your destiny. That's yes. part of being Great in the God. kingdom. Yes. As we speak to others, as we learn the principles and the things that we're learning and being a part of an apostolic house. <laughs> Yeah. These miracles can be yours and will be. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. <laughs> okay, do I have any? I have time for one more question if I have one. <laughs> oh, I got it. Who said, I'm one in. You're in. You're in. That's all you had to say. <laughs> you know, I just broke into a sweat saying all that. <laughs> I like it on it. 
surprised and annoyed you not that. Okay. Um, last thought. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me finish this just a little bit more here. Okay. Um, so, yes, you will no longer be broken, bruised and broken by the enemy. Your time, the time for that has come to an end. This is your time. You're in the time of new beginnings. You are not any longer conformed to this world or bound by the same needs. You can breathe without fear. And you are transformed from lack to plenty because you are listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you are doing what he tells you to do. And he says, we will witness how these people and we are these people. We will be witnesses. Now, a witness is not just somebody that watches, but a witness is somebody that opens their mouth and tells what they see. I cannot imagine any court in the land calling a witness to the stand, asking questions, and the individual just sits there and says nothing. Because a witness gives testimony. So we will give a testimony how these people, how we as these people support God's work without fear of failure. For we will know, we know that in obeying God, obedience is that key. We are covered by his protection, prayer, and the spirit of trust, integrity, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord encompasses and compels us to do all things as God directs. That's what you speak to wealth. It's not just speaking to money. It's commanding wealth. The wealth of the wicked. It didn't say the money. It said the wealth. That's the resources. That's the know-how. That's the properties. That's everything connected that makes wealth what it is. That means that the whole foundation that, it, that unrighteous goods have been built upon it will be weakened by the words of righteousness and truth. And lawlessness does not have a sure foundation. And so it crumbles. You see this happening. You see this by the spirit. Because it has to be a spirit command and an understanding that comes from why spirit. Because that's the way God sees it. And so you will see it as he sees it and think about it as he thinks about it and express it as he expresses it. And you see yourself, instead of just being the one that gets to pay off your own little stuff, you see yourself paying the mortgages or uh, renting the homes for a year and putting families in them and then training them or paying the college tuition and sending these children and to the, the colleges where they teach them about the kingdom of God and not just educate them but prepare them to be able to stand in a world where wickedness wants to prevail but will not. And you see yourself as one that gets to be a, a, an ambassador of the kingdom helping to make God's dreams come true in the lives of other people. Even me teaching this tonight, this is part of my privilege as being a part of the kingdom of God, is that I get to say things that are outrageous to the world, but it still raises hope because I'm speaking of an impossibility as though it is possible. 
and I know someone that is guaranteed to back up everything that I'm saying because I'm only saying what he once said. God has dreams for you. I'm speaking to you that are watching us, listening to us, or gathered together in this room. God has dreams for you. God has ideas. God has all of the things that he said. He has homes for you. He has money. He has cars and all of that. But bigger than that, he has the dream of the greatness of himself expressed through you so that you can bring about healings to nations, that you can bring mending to families, that you can see problems solved that you have thought, if I only had the money to be able to do it, this is what I would do. I am telling you by the Spirit of God, get your plans together. Get the plan written. Find out how much it will be and present it before the Almighty God and say, if this is your dream, I want in on it. You will enable every force of heaven assigned to you to move you into the place, to groom you, to prepare you, to prepare the areas of your heart to expect greater than you've ever thought and to cease and desist from taking yourself so seriously with your past and your actions and the mistakes and all of this other nonsense. Stop taking you so seriously. Stop taking what the devil has tried to do in your life as the serious business and take the word of God seriously and understand that the one that created you is also the one that is able to make his dreams come true through you, for you, and all around you. That's who he is. He's greater than your circumstances. And I don't care whatever it is that you are facing that you think is impossible. I am telling you that the God that we belong to specializes in bringing about the impossible. Nothing is impossible with God except failing. And he does not look at you as a failure. He looks at you as success in motion. And so that's how we see you too. And so I want to thank you all for joining us tonight. I invite you to connect with us uh, by phone, by email, uh, website, however it is that you want to do it. I speak to Astounding Love and uh, More Than Enough Ministries. I tell you to look for your email tonight. I'll tell you how much the trade is. It's $19.14, not $20, not $25, $19.14. And it's a trade that we're doing as part of the uh, Courts in Heaven appearance that we will be making most likely on Friday morning. Read the email. Listen to the 5 a.m. prayer call this morning. Whatever you don't understand, speak to the Holy Spirit and say, I thank you for giving me understanding, but I will take it by faith and then I trust that you will open this up for me. Because the Lord has been speaking to this house and he has declared his intentions. And like any that is serious about courting you and any that is serious about marrying you or being joined with you, he's not only made his intentions clear, but he then fulfills that which he has promised. And so Astounding Love, a Global Church Fellowship, and More Than Enough Ministries, we are in formation. We are come into alignment and we cease and desist from trying to be in charge of, our, of, 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 of the way God wants to do things. What you don't understand, you were not assigned to as the point person, but you were definitely assigned to be part of the team. So get in motion, get in line. 
This is what we do. And those of you watching, if you want to be a part of something that is bigger than you, you know what to do. Look up the information on the screen, get in touch with us, or come and join us on Sunday in the blue chairs. If you need a mask, we got it. If you need gloves, we got it. If you need healing, we got it. If you need truth, we got it. If you need Jesus, we have him, and we offer him to you. And so we're praying for you tonight, and we thank you for joining us. We'll be receiving the tithes and offerings in a few moments, and all the other seeds, if you're going to receive, go ahead and do it. Those of you are um, do it at astoundinglove.org or mteme.org, uh, whichever one you, you, you're moved to do it to. But go ahead, business people, or those that are in support, and do, we're, that's the one time I'm actually saying do it electronically if you want to. And I've already, and I've sown mine because I believe this, and this is something God gave not to me, not to Dr. Baker, he gave it to one of our own, he gave it to Natasha Adams, and she has spearheaded this, she sees something, she prayed with her friends Angie and Frederick, they see something, and when they've seen something, we're keying in on it, we're in formation, so that God can manifest, and we all understand, he's speaking to all of us, and we join together. So I bless you with the love of God. I speak the returns, the increase, that we speak to your finances, and we speak to the wealth that is appointed to you. And we say to you, listen for the voice of God so that you are positioned to receive, get rid of the pride, get rid of the stupidity, get rid of everything that is the devil that would block your way. How do I do it? Ask the Holy Spirit, because he is on standby, on the inside of you, if you're born from above, to bring you out and if you're not he's on standby to bring you salvation when you simply say jesus i want you to save me and then contact us and we'll help you with the rest so we love you and we bless you with the love of god i thank everybody that's here tonight and i thank all of the folks that have joined us online and so that's it thank you this has been an incredible human conversation yeah. yes it has Ooh.